0: This is a shock podcast. Shock.
1: Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast. The podcast that's just like Novak Djokovic in that we both have a similar chance of winning this year's Australian Open. Now, today in the Podball House, we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Whose positive energy can turn water into a nice double shot espresso. Mmm, coffee. And I am Faisal American, whose energy can turn women off. Karami Kamil is not here today. He was one of the lawyers during uh, Djokovic's latest court battle. That's right, the uh, pre-Aussie Open drama is finally over and done with. Novak Djokovic finally deported from Australia uh, for a rundown of what happened. That's what the past archives are for. Look it up. Anyway, um, last week, the Aussie immigration minister used his discretionary powers to cancel Djokovic's visa. Djokovic said he would appeal. Uh, he went ahead with the appeal despite him having a low chance of success. Lo and behold, he lost. Nick, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that we can finally move on from this debacle?
0: And why is it 15 Fifteen? It's more like twenty. Look, it's about time that we see the end of this this overly drawn-out controversy. And now that Djokovic has been deported, we can turn our attention to the real action. You know, the, the action on the court... It's been really unfair that all the attention has been taken away from the other law-abiding players at the Aussie Open. So I think it's a welcome relief that we can finally uh, give them the focus that they deserve.
1: Right. Now, we talked about this uh, briefly before, but but what potential fallout do you see from uh, Djokovic unless he actually gets vaccinated? Um, Do you actually see him being allowed to contest for a 21st Grand Slam in any of the other events this year?
0: Uh, it, it's not just the, the question mark, it's not just for the other events this year, it's for the future Australian Open events as well. Because the, the visa ban uh, and all that comes with a uh, two or three year suspension, uh, right? A, automatic a, three years. Automatic three year suspension. So, does that mean that Djokovic can't play in the next three editions as well? You know, mm-hmm. the rules state that the government can make an exception and let him in later, but I don't see this happening unless Djokovic goes and gets vaccinated, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, and and as for the other events, I think that as long as there's still COVID, there's still a chance that the other countries could also impose a vaccine requirement for entry. Uh, and if that happens, then Djokovic is going to be in trouble again. I, I don't think personally that there'll be any issues with the US Open or Wimbledon, uh, because the US and the UK have been quite... Uh, liberal, so to speak, in Mm. terms of you know sporting events and COVID and vaccination and all that. Uh, But you never know with the French Open, because French President Emmanuel Macron has said that he wants to make life difficult, right, for Mm -hmm. the anti-vaxxers. So I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, France imposes a vaccine ruling at some point down the road as well, especially if this uh, Omicron wave continues. In which case, that could be the French Open also down the drain for Djokovic. Mm
1: -hmm. If that happens, uh, Nadal will be like, Really, really doing a fist pump. Yes, number 21 at Walangaros.
0: Yeah, no no excuses, you know, like your top contenders no longer there. It's <laughs> almost a clear path for Nadal. Uh,
1: as for Tennis Australia, I'm certain heads will roll over this, right?
0: Um, let's see, for example, Craig Tilly. Well, the thing is, heads should roll, you know, but. You know how it is with organisations like like this, you know, the whole thing gets swept under the carpet, you know, the tournament goes on, you get a new champion, and then everybody forgets about what happened. Uh, The only silver lining I can think of here is that other organisers will look at what's happened here uh, and learn from Tennis Australia's mistakes.
1: After the court ruling, uh, Djokovic issued this statement, and I quote, uh, I am uncomfortable that the focus of the past weeks has been on me, and I hope that we can all now focus on the uh, game and the tournament that I love, end quote. Uh, Which sounds like the biggest load of BS since Rafa Benitez said he would bring trophies to Everton. (laughs) Ooh. Which brings us to the big man from Spain, Rafa Benitez, not Rafa Nadal. Uh, Benitez was sacked by Everton after just six months in charge. Uh, his last match was their 2-1 defeat to Norwich. Uh, Everton are in 16th place, uh, six points above relegation. This was bound to have happened sooner or later, right? I think he was a dead man walking since that Liverpool defeat.
0: Yeah, not a surprising uh, development at all, considering Everton's form lately. Uh, The thing is, they started the season pretty well. You know, they 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 went on, if I'm not mistaken, a three match winning streak or something like that. You know, and and then all their problems started cropping up. Things didn't improve, and they ended up where they are now. Mm -hmm. The thing about Benitez was that he was never really a fan favourite at Goodison Park, mainly because of his previous comment uh, from his time as Liverpool boss where he called Everton a small club. Mm -hmm. So right from the get-go, you know, he had things working against him. He had to work extra hard to win the fans over. Uh, But having said that, I I don't think his relationship with the fans had anything to do with the decision Mm -hmm. to sack Benitez. I, I think it was all purely down to results. Uh he insists that things perhaps could have gotten better if they made a few new signings and their injured players mm. and all recovered. But they've they've not shown any indication over the past dozen games or so that you know new players are gonna be the solution to their problems. So, you know, regardless, like injuries or not, it's it's results that matter. And unfortunately in modern football, the buck stops with the manager. And if you keep losing matches, surprise, surprise, you know, you're gonna end up losing your job.
1: Uh, Do you think he was trying to do too much too soon in the uh, organisational sense? I mean, I remember reading that he dismissed the entire medical squad because he wasn't happy
0: with it. There's a, I don't know, uh, purely speculation on my part, but maybe he came into Everton with sort of like a big club mentality, tried to do like wholesale changes Mm -hmm. and all that, um, when what he should have done was, you know, to take things slowly you know so maybe that was one of the mistakes that that he committed
1: Uh, possible replacements for uh, benitez include wayne rooney i don't think this is a good move i mean we all remember the last time a club appointed one of their legends to take
0: charge right and i'm talking about lampard (laughs) (laughs) and someone else and someone else who shall not be mentioned uh Yes. But but okay, first of all, I hope that Rooney does not take up the offer because he he's doing a, a decent job at derby county i i know they're currently second from bottom in the championship standings uh but but they have gone on a sort of like a five match unbeaten run and the club seems to trust him you know Mm -hmm. despite some earlier slip-ups so i think he should take that opportunity to learn the ropes at a club where the pressure is not as high uh, as compared to to everton and then most importantly bear in mind that rooney does not have a premier league managerial experience Mm -hmm. so it'll be a case of him just you know jumping straight into the deep end and and it'll end up potentially a disaster like, like what happened with uh, Lampard and Ole.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, we should stress that um, Derby being in the situation they are now, it's not Rooney's fault. Um, it's their financial issues, poor organisational management, uh, the debts. He's not a totally crap
0: manager. Yeah, yeah, he's not. And, and he's actually gotten good reviews for the job that he's done there. So it would be a shame to give all that up to come... You know, to to like a relegation struggling club like Everton, where, you know, it's not the players that you picked, where there's this too much pressure, too much hype from the media as well. And it could all go very wrong very quickly for him. And then, you know, it sets him back. Quite a bit in terms of his, his career development.
1: So in other uh, EPL results, Man City beat Chelsea 1-0, or rather uh, runaway EPL leaders, Man City beat Chelsea 1-0. Or should it be uh, champions in waiting, Manchester City beat Chelsea
0: 1-0? All of the above. Uh, I think there's nothing we can say about City at this point that hasn't already been said. Uh, yeah, like you said, they're running away with the title, and there's nothing that Chelsea or Liverpool, for that matter, can do about it. They're dominating matches. You know, they're beating big opponents. And at the same time, they're not slipping up against uh, the smaller teams. And they're getting goals from everywhere on the field. You know, midfielders, wingers, defenders are all stepping up to score to the extent that they don't really need an out-and-out striker. But more importantly, as good as they are playing as a unit, When circumstances call for that special player to stand up and deliver, they have people like Kevin De Bruyne who can Mm. fashion something out of nothing like we saw against uh, uh, Chelsea. So everything is just going right for them this season and and it's very difficult to see them throwing this one away.
1: Liverpool beat Brentford 3-0 to move above Chelsea to second place. Manchester United, a 2-0 draw with Aston Villa. Nick, I'm sure you have a few words to
0: say about that one. Yeah, I wish I didn't. But uh, the the frustrating thing about this match, uh, other than the scoreline, is that United are still unable to take control of matches. And they've not been able to do this at all since Rangnick took over. And and for that matter, we've mentioned this many times on this show as well, we have not seen any significant improvement uh, when you compare the team now from uh, Ole's time. And, And that is unfortunate because individually, you've got players who are doing quite well. Like in the the Villa match, for example, Bruno Fernandes and and Mason Greenwood put in a a, a good showing. But as a team, as a unit, they seem to be lacking that special something. And as far as results go, United have won just one in their last four matches, which is not what fans were expecting when, when Rangnick took over.
1: Tottenham and uh, Arsenal, their game was postponed. Meanwhile, Arsenal are scheduled to take on Liverpool in the uh, second leg of the EFL Cup semis later this week. Uh, We'll talk more about that in the next episode. Okay, with that, we've come to the end of another Podball Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in. I am Faisal American,
0: And I'm Nicholas John. Goodbye.